Jacob here from the Back to Back Films podcast. I just wanted to let you know that Keith, Byron, and I love bringing the show to you guys so much that we're collectively putting in 25 hours to the show every week, and we wouldn't change that for the world. But if you guys took 25 seconds to rate and review us on your podcatcher, we would love it even more. This helps us a ton and is often the only way for little podcasts like ours to grow naturally. And if we like the review, we'll even read it on the show. Also, if you want to become a supporter of the show, there's a link in the show notes. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash btpfilms and look for the support this podcast button. We appreciate all the donations and thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. and like match up the, the fucking files and stuff like that i was re- i haven't finished it but i was listening to the the episode that you and jacob did about um chucky and uh oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh god the netflix um conspiracy conspiracy stuff yeah, it, was <laughs> interesting. it stuff. was it was cool to to, to listen to that conversation so I gotta finish that episode. <laughs> that was pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, he was. I don't think he was ready for for that <laughs> level of conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, no, that was cool. It was, but it made complete sense. It did about about the marketing tools and stuff. And it and as soon as you said it, I immediately recognized it. That's the thing. It's like I wouldn't have thought about it necessarily <laughs> when, but I was like, fuck, all my things that pop up in my Google like read whatever like you know like it's it's formatted for me you know mm-hmm. it's a lot of that is that shit is that sort of shit you know what i mean and i was like oh fuck guerrilla like, marketing yeah. dude guerrilla marketing like that's the thing like marketing now is a lot of it's becoming synonymous with just content you like consume and that's the kind of key like yeah. and until you're told about it or have a reason to notice it you're not going to yeah and that's the whole point yeah because they don't want you to like notice that yeah and you were 100 percent correct when you said something about no one likes to be like advertised to mm-hmm. but if you if they can get you interested or already hone in on what you're interested in and you then you're just there. Yeah, exactly. Like, there is no yeah, real advertising it's to you. Like silent advertising. <laughs> I don't. Know. And the crazy part is, they were like, "Yeah, basically, like no one like knows how to tell." Yeah, like it's getting real so yeah. hard to tell. Damn cookies! <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though, cookies are the fucking are terrible. Um, oh, this is cool. This video shows how the HDR mode actually works. You definitely have to lock it off though. To get that full, that'd be sweet for image. like um, like model shoots though, like just you know mm-hmm. regular um, tripod. Exactly, dude. I don't know, man. I'm sold, sold on it. Yes. So Byron and I were talking about the Panasonic Lumix S series with the S1 and the S1R, um, and uh, how I'm selling him on those versus <laughs> the Sony. Yeah, Sony I'm really going to have to to look at 
that versus the Sony's and I don't know I I mean fuck I mean I'd like to think that one day I can afford both <laughs> I know right <laughs> someday I, I mean there's definitely a cost factor the Lumix and the L mount the whole Leica thing those yeah. get really expensive really fast yeah but. Leica lenses man but they are so I mean it's th- those lenses you can keep for a lifetime you know? yeah a good image is a good image right in the professional world you're like you're pushing for the best image um so this excuse me this is the b2b happy hour our our opportunity to talk about anything film uh i'm keith this is byron and jacob is moving so he will not be with us this week (laughs) Uh, but we'll be back for our lanthimos discussion next week also did you see uh my idea show idea that i posted like we got to do like I called it like floor to floor action. Yes, yes. dude, we got to do no. That. that would be really cool. Fucking yeah. dread and the raid. Yeah, see, oh, and it would be it would be the perfect excuse for me to finally see dread because you guys have been talking about it for so long. I watched like a little <laughs> scene out of dread today and was like, oh, we should have done dread. We should have just done it. Um, but uh, this week, so just to kind of give us something to talk about, we are going to talk about the Revenant, which is obviously a fantastic movie within its own right so it's definitely yeah. worth talking about and i don't think we've actually gone into any depth yeah, not too much depth i don't think i brought it up on the top 10 because yeah. it's like number something on my top 10 <laughs> seven or eight or something um because it is it is a movie that is truly extremely impressive um not only the cinematography and the acting but you know just the fact that they went to the ends of the world to shoot it all really adds that extra layer of of um authenticity to it i think um so i should have pulled up the revenant info so again bear with me while i pull up the uh stuff here so the revenant was released in 2015 um a frontiersman on a fur trading expedition in the 1820s fights for survival after being mauled by a bear and left for dead by members of his own hunting team. Um, let's see. The Revenant was directed by Alejandro Inuritu. Uh, it was written by Mark L. Smith and Inuritu. Shot by Lubeski, of course. <laughs> uh, stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, Domino Gleason, Will Poulter... Uh, Forrest Goodluck. Those are kind of the main ones. And then Dwayne, uh, Dwan, it's either Dwan or Dwayne Howard, yeah. who's one of the main uh, natives. I think he is yeah. the main one. Um. Oh, yeah, he definitely is. He looks so <laughs> swank on this tuxedo <laughs> fucking on the red carpet, dude. That's awesome. Um, here, I'll pull that up real quick. Oh, damn. So he's the main guy who's chasing after the guys who took his daughter, which happened to be the Frenchman who he's trading with. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, It's a cool little twist, like plot thing that they have in there. Like a little mini plot? A little mini plot that they have in there. I agree. Yeah, I like it. And then, yeah, because you find out, I mean, everyone is kind of despicable in their own way, but the French guys are portrayed as a little extra despicable. Because they try and cheat him out of the horses, and then they capture his daughter, yeah. who they use as a just a, basically a rape doll. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's like a thing that happened, like out yeah. in the frontier. Like you know, that's the thing is like you're looking at you know a lot of these guys are runaways or criminals or yeah. they're fringe. They're fringe. <laughs> they're fringe dudes who already have a lot of like their own shit going on, yeah. a lot of issues and whatnot. Um, 
and uh, they definitely think that certain things are theirs. And sex is one of those things where they think it's theirs, so yeah. they're going to take it, right? Well, especially, I mean, they don't even think of Native Americans as humans, so exactly. just, it's just like walking flesh that they could do whatever they want with. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like a, a frontier fleshlight or something. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Sorry. Sorry. Not, I, I don't mean to disparage. Um... But yeah, so the so the obvious like kind of standout with this movie. Well, you 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 said we should cover this movie. Was there oh. any particular reason? Oh that God, you... I just I, I I rewatched it again. I mean, it, probably for the fifth or sixth time. <laughs> yeah, it's at least four times for me. So um, uh, maybe more. I don't know. Something like that. Um, over the weekend, and I was just like, I just I've been in an Emmanuel Lubetsky mood, so I rewatched The Revenant. Children of Men and Knight of Cups. Oh, Knight of um, Cups is so awesome. Because I, I, when I, we had a discussion about Knight of Cups as well a while back, mm-hmm. um, where I kind of, I didn't really shit on it. I was just disappointed in it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd only seen it the one time, and I, I like, I did enjoy it more the the second time because yeah. I knew what I was getting myself into, and, um, I wrote on Letterbox my review of it finally, so. I, it was with a little bit more clarity, you know. Like I, I saw it through a better lens. Totally. Um, uh, but yeah. So I think mainly I just with the Revenant, I, I, I just Lubetsky, man. <laughs> like, I know the dude is, like, is insane. It just there's so much about the movie that we can talk about, just in terms of like how he was able to shoot it, and that they lo- that they used the. This is the first movie they used the Alexa, uh, the Ari Alexa 65 camera. Mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now it's become such a hugely popular film camera that Ari still has not released how much money it costs to make that camera. But they initially made 20 and the demand for it was so high that they made a whole bunch more. And now wow. almost all the big movies, you know, like Bohemian Rhapsody, all these, you know, movies, uh, 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 Avengers, um, Infinity War, um, and oh, yeah. stuff. They, they, you know, they're all using this camera. Um, such so, an, yeah, such a fucking beast. Dude. Yeah, it's just like such it's it's beast. basically probably the most cinematic camera you can shoot on now. Um, besides, like maybe IMAX, and you know, depends. I mean, like Red has those, you know, some of those 8K stuff too. But they all have their different. You know things that they're totally. good at. They're um, all they all have their different quirks and yeah. stuff, right? But what's I guess what's impressive about the the RE sixty five is the set of lenses that they have that they, that's compatible. They have vintage lenses and new lenses with like really brand new technology that RE has um, like invested a lot of money in. So it's kind of cool that they have both of those to that's use, so cool. which I think is different than a lot of like I don't know if you could just put vintage glass on some of these new 8k red cameras you know what i mean yeah it can so, be a little bit harder to adapt yeah. to so it's kind of cool and i guess for the revenant uh lubetsky only used uh 12 to 24 millimeters yes they only used they used no uh telephoto lenses at yeah. all on purpose um part of it because well lubetsky just likes to shoot in wides anyway because yeah. like all of like malik stuff is that same way uh, but also, they wanted to be able to always capture close-ups with the background. With the background, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Which exactly. makes so much sense, and for this movie, because it's like the 
I mean, for not only is it like DiCaprio, you know, glass like against you know the people that are chasing him, but he's really against nature. You know? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And they always are trying to keep him placed like in nature. Yeah. Um, so it's really important that they always are showing you know everything in front. Plus, it's like, I mean, the landscape's just insane. Oh, God. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely breathtaking. I mean, it really is possibly one of the top 10 most beautiful films ever made, I think. Like, yeah, I, I, in, ter- five, in terms probably. of, like, just absolute eye candy. Like, every mm-hmm. every shot could be a fucking, like, postcard, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just insane. I, I'd almost even put it in the top five. It could be, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I could see it in the top five for sure. Like, it's just, and it's and it's interesting too because uh, this also this is also the film that Lubeski was like, I'm I'm no longer like gonna shoot on film. Like this is he's he's he said that he was interested in getting the viewer to have nothing in between what is recorded and what they see. So like no film patina no film grain nothing because that because then the viewer will subconsciously realize it's film whereas he's interested in seeing trying to you know completely get rid of that so that you have this immediate um i guess relationship with the image (laughs) that makes sense fucking yeah it makes complete sense and when you look at the revenant it's like it's an emotional movie without it being an emotional movie in the sense of you're just focused on his face, but you don't really realize you're you're watching a movie full of close-ups because it's all shot wide. Exactly. You know? And like, it does, I mean, the wide <laughs> angle does such interesting things to the face. And like, yeah, I mean, there's times where they pretty much, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure they've actually hit the camera. There's definitely yeah. one point where I'm pretty sure they actually actually elbow the camera. There's a couple. There, yeah, yeah, like where the, you, the camera actually shakes a little because mm-hmm. of the impact or, or tree branch or whatever it was. I noticed a couple times that that definitely happened, which I was like, that's so cool that they left that there mm-hmm. because it also adds a level of authenticity, a little documentary kind of feel to it, just kind of like how Denis Villeneuve and Sicario and Roger Deakins, how they, they had Josh Brolin and Emily Blunt almost look into the camera for just a brief second of time to make it look like a documentary, feel like a mm-hmm. documentary, like it's real, like the cameras are there while they're doing this thing. And I felt like it was almost like that for The Revenant here where it, it just, those little, in, in the blood on the lens. The blood on the know? lens, the rain on the lens. <laughs> yeah. The, the, um, the breath from yeah, the mouth. Yeah. That was breath. like, I feel like that actually, I think if I remember correctly, that was like an accident. Oh, wow. That happened. And then they were like, oh, this actually really works. We got to, we got to make sure we keep that in yeah. there. Um, it, but yeah, it's, it's immersion. Right? Yeah. Oh, totally, totally immerses you in, in it because you feel the cold when you can feel the breath. And exactly. Like, and just, yeah. And like it was funny because I watched The Revenant and then the next day I watched Children of Men. And Children of Men also have those scenes of the blood on the lens. Which is cool. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder if, if this is a Lubetsky thing. I mean, it must be because he's working with two different directors here, you know, for Children of Men and The Revenant, even though those directors are super close. Right, <laughs> but, right. <laughs> totally. And that's, that, I mean, there's a reason why you tend to hire certain people, right? Yeah. Because you're going for things that they do. Yeah. 
And if Lubezki is shooting in wides and you want to get close, that means yeah. they actually literally have to get close, which yeah. means if you're going to have certain effects going on, it's yeah. going to affect the camera more <laughs> than if you shoot from 200 millimeter lenses, yeah. you know, really far away. But uh, that's, I mean, that's just like, it makes sense. I mean, Tree of Life is that interesting way too, where when you get the wides and the camera has to like essentially dance with the actors in these dramatic scenes, like you're you're there because yeah. you're you're forced to be so close and yeah. there's times even in tree of life where like the camera will be so close that you can start to see the shadow form on the face yeah. like yeah because there's a certain point where the light just is not as even anymore yeah i noticed that with the knight of cups mm-hmm. i was like oh they're they're so close but they all they they always cut before that that giveaway yeah but almost but you know that they they push it as far as they can exactly. to give you just that sense, you know? Exactly. Um, so it's like, it, it, there is. It's nice to know that the camera's there. Yeah. And it gives you that, like you said, the sort of documentary. Because even like the Malik style is a little documentary-ish. It is. It's like, it's like, transcendental documentary <laughs> yeah. there you go. we gotta, we gotta like oh, coin man. a term for this or something. It is. It's like, because it's all about capturing these moments like a documentary. I mean, like Minding the Gap has those those moments where it's almost Terrence Malick of those, you know, the kids mm-hmm. with their skateboards. and Totally. Um, it's kind of like, you know, all those shots, you know, of Entry of Life when they're following the kids around and they're playing and, and stuff. And there's just all these captured moments. But when they edit it all together, it, it becomes like a meditation on life and, totally. and childhood and and stuff. So, yeah, Malick, man, he's a he's an interesting... But it's. I think it is important to talk about, like, when you talk about the Revenant, you talk. You have to talk about Lubezki's other work because it totally, it all comes into play. Because I feel like everything he had done beforehand, Tree of Life. I mean, even Burn After Reading with the Coens, um, E2 Mata Bien, Children of Men. Um, all that goes all the way up to Burn what the Revenant was. You know, it, like all of all of his skill. I think was utilized in um in that's really funny i didn't realize he did burn after reading yeah that's funny as shit dude it's it's awesome because it's like he can do so many different things so effectively you know yes he really can and then it actually makes a lot of sense because that movie does have a very i mean it looks like the like a coen brothers movie but it certainly has a different it touch is to yeah it. It def- it def- yeah it feels different i remember thinking that in the theaters and i didn't know what it was you know what i mean like i i, mm-hmm. I my eye wasn't a tune as it is you know as it is now um totally and they even shot it on film too so to get that kind of look that they did right. is really interesting it's but. funny I, I lubetsky said that um it's funny i i read an interview where he said that this the revenant wasn't the the most difficult shoot he had filmed, it was second to the New World with Terrence Malick. Oh, um, back in the day. Yeah, and I guess for the New World, I guess one of the reasons why it was probably so hard is he got bit by a tick, and I guess he got oh, he got yeah, super like super sick. Yeah, and it was Jesus. like spent time in the hospital or whatever. But then I read another interview where he said that the Revenant was the hardest shoot. So. It's definitely the top one or two, two of the of the. He of goes the, back the, and the forth. Most difficult shoots, yeah. He goes back and forth. I'm like, ah, eh, that one actually. I mean, most people who worked on the Revenant definitely say that it was like one of the hardest, most yeah. demanding shoots they've ever done. And no, 
fuck like it's all natural lighting except for one scene that you had to use light bulbs for a fire uh they had to they had a fire but they also had to put some light bulbs around them to get extra light but that was everything was like no light right it was Everything, all natural yeah, light they shoot natural let's see which one fire scene was that i guess i believe it was the fire scene um i think it's tom hardy and will poulter hmm. character i think and they're talking about uh oh fuck i think that's the fire scene that they're hmm. okay. or there's a group of them maybe it's dom hall gleason and i think it's towards oh the, it's probably like when it was like pitch black or yeah something. and it's like literally just like just like black and like their faces almost with the orange oh okay. uh, with the okay. fire but interesting okay so it's so impressive because everything seems so uniform and like like there aren't any scenes in the movie where it's like yeah they shot that and then they had you could like the patience of the movie in the sense of like they probably had to wait hours for certain clouds to cover the sun again so that it matched yeah, what totally. they shot before, you know, it's just totally. like fuck, like it's to be way out in the fucking mountains of fucking Argentina, to and then you you are only filming during these like magic hours, but yet yeah, maybe a whole day will be shot because of fucking some random thing that just didn't match up with the footage that they shot before. Like that's what they were saying is like <laughs> they had to, they spent so much time rehearsing because their actual shooting was like, you know, they had maximum windows of shooting yeah. of like hour and a half or two hours. God every day and then if you missed it then that day was fucked and that led to a lot of problems because <laughs> like if everyone is not on the same page come that day and like i guess there was some a producer or something who just him and lubeski or not lubeski uh, uh in your read just like just couldn't get it like get on the same page yeah and it led to a lot of heated arguments and even like i think and you reach it, just sent him away. Like yeah. there was a lot of firings. There was a lot of turnover, I guess, <laughs> for a lot of the crew. Um, the conditions obviously were harsh. Just moving equipment around was God, incredibly God. harsh, and it was just a pain in the ass. Like I guess in your like even though they did all this rehearsal, I mean, he would spend some. He would just there were times that he would just throw it out, yeah. and they would do something different. Yeah. Scenes that had you know required two hundred people. You know, you had people showing up basically day of, yeah. and you had to execute. Like, there were just some, so many crazy-ass things. Like, I'm surprised. Like, that beginning sequence when they're all having to fight in the trees was, like, wasn't supposed to initially be as big as it was. Wow. And then kept growing and growing, and a couple hundred people involved with it, plus the crew. And they rehearsed it for, like, a couple weeks yeah. or something beforehand to get every every moment correct, but... I guess it's just like as they were adding yeah. people, it just kept adding issues. Like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy because I've only been able, and I've, I've been scour, scouring the fucking internet for this shit. I really want to see like a documentary of how they made this movie, but there isn't a lot of footage out there that shows how they made it or there's there interviews of like them talking about it, but not so much like, there's like, I saw a few clips of them practicing, yeah. but not much. You know, it's like, damn, I I want to I want to see more. There's featurettes on the Blu-ray which show it, and there is actually yeah. a 44 minute documentary on the Blu-ray, yeah. but it's not like a, it's, yeah. it's not what you think. No, they spend a lot of time talking uh, talking with the people who are talking about the movie, not actually showing the movie. Yeah, and the and like the actual like, because there'll be you know you can go to YouTube and search for behind the scenes reels, and it'll be like you will get those quick shots of yeah. like. 
action and then it'll do something and then it kind of cut and then uh, you know you get all that stuff yeah they, there there wasn't a lot yeah um and they keep a lot of it pretty like close to the chest in terms of how they pulled a lot of that stuff I think off that's... which makes me think that there was some shit that skirted under the legal radar <laughs> a little bit you know maybe the unions you. weren't so cool with yeah it. um and then like the bear scene in particular like they just haven't said like almost at all like what it's kind of been like pieced together by like hearsay how they actually yeah. shot the scene. Because I think there's some photos of them with like fake, like bear, like a bear snout and 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 paws that they used, and then they put CGI with it and everything. But it's incredible. I mean, it's probably some of the best live action CGI. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. combo that I've seen. I mean, because my dad, I was watching it at my parents' house over the weekend, and he's seen the movie at least two times too. And he was working on his computer, but he kept going back into the living room and, and, and sitting down watching. It. And when the bear scene came, like he's like he's like, I mean he he knew that it wasn't a real bear, but he he just asked again. You know, he's like he's like that's not they didn't use a real bear, right? Like like in, not for all of it, but just like for. And I'm like, no, for I don't think things, yeah. I don't think they did. I mean, I think it's it's legitimately like all like like puppet and CGI. It's yeah. Like, fuck. Uh, what I found out kind of earlier today was that apparently it's it's a combination. Uh, there was never a bear because they did look into trying to see if they could get a bear, but all the ones that were trained for this sort of thing were all very well fed right. and well kept, so they're all too <laughs> too big, too right. fat. They were looking for kind of like a, a more desperate looking yeah. type bear, so they had to CGI it. Um, <laughs> but I guess what part of what they had to do too was he was hooked to different cables. And when it when the bear would do something like throw him, they would have to yank him, yeah. on different in different ways, and then he was outfitted with a bunch of prosthetics throughout because like they had to break his ankle. Like there was basically yeah. they said like four or five prosthetics attached to him during that scene so that they could break his arm and break his his leg and yeah, like, his, like ankle mm-hmm. was all fucked and-, and like they spent there's something crazy like it took four hours straight just to apply like all the makeup because like. They have to show progression too, yeah. right? So like, that's the crazy part about that scene is it's like one shot, but they have to show the progression of damage yeah. that happens to him, and it took so long just to get the makeup on, and then they'd have to go through and like you know reapply yeah. or fix. And seeing the makeup without blood on it, like on him, is just yeah. so gross. Too. It's so well done. Um, and and then they had to do that because the film too, they had to do the makeup throughout the whole film and have it be kind of like healing as yeah. well. So the makeup team was very like cognizant of like every aspect of all that. So, cause they had to have the same wounds different through different days of shooting. Cause I, and then he's, you know, he's not going to leave the set with those, the makeup yeah. on. Then they had to, you know, they had to have the same wounds, but they all had to be healing in different ways. Like if you look at his face, they said like his face was like a good example of that. Yeah. The overall like arc, the physical arc of healing and the metaphorical arc of healing can be seen through his face as his yeah. face tends to heal. And then like when he does the the gunpowder scene and <laughs> and blows it in his neck so that it'll cauterize, like you know that part of it. And you kind of see that too um, throughout the film that that kind of mark or whatever. Um, but yeah, so there was like basically like there was no bear, but they had to yank him, and then they had to obviously like with green screen. Um, anytime you're gonna CGI or or composite something in, you have you usually have to have reference points, and in this case, you know, I'm sure they had like 
either claws attached to like green rods or or something to to give yeah. the artists later the, the visual effects artists like things to reference and how things will look in a certain way and the lighting and and the size and everything else and the lens um so that it all work out kind of later uh so that's kind of but the, but there's no there's never been like a straight up confirmation of like this is how we did the yeah scene. yeah which is kind of crazy. Like, there's just never been like a, just a straight up like I had to see, even see. I saw behind the scenes photo of one of their crazy little sled doll, uh, sled, Steadicam dolly things they had oh, yeah. to shoot on the film. Like, there's one scene where he's like walking across like what it looks like a frozen lake or whatever, and basically the camera is like this like sled that you would usually have in this area that's attached that would be like attached to, like a hitch and. <laughs> They rigged like a a mount off of that so that the camera could be mount the steady cam arm could be mounted to that and then the yeah. operator could like work the camera from there. So and that's how they got the shot of him kind of like sliding or uh, sorry him walking. The camera is kind of like tracking him along because like I mean they had a lot of cranes too and a lot of that, but there was a lot of like just straight steady cam and a lot of handheld yeah. too, like. Stuff when they're in rivers or whatever, yeah. you know. That's yeah, he said that he, handheld, he only like. wanted handheld crane and steadicam. Mm-hmm. No, no dolly. He's like he, I, he wasn't. He didn't want any. Dolly. At least no traditional dolly. Right. Like they would do dolly esque moves, but they would do it through things like the crane or the steadicam. Yeah. So that's like God. It's that's pretty cool because everything like, was more sweeping. Dolly doesn't yeah. necessarily sweep mm. in the way that you want it to. Yeah. Dolly, Dolly sticks to usually one axis, and mm-hmm. then you're dealing with all the tracks and everything else. And being up in the wilderness, yeah. they already had to deal with tracks and stuff and for the cranes. You digitally but... take the tracks out if you have a moving shot mm-hmm. where you see, yeah, all that shit. So. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, it's just crazy. Just like absolutely crazy. I don't, like, it's just, yeah. And then you get fucking Jack Fisk as the production designer, yeah, who we just... talked about way early on in our first episode with uh, the magician and the Prestige, because yeah. he was the production designer for the Prestige, and he's done a lot of you know oh, some of the biggest is, films is from the seventies. I mean, like he were Terrence Malick on fucking Badlands, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just crazy. He, his career has spanned decades, and his body of work is just again phenomenal. I mean, probably one of the, you know the best or one of the best production designers you know in film history probably oh yeah you know like Mulholland Drive produ- yeah. wait is this production designer yeah yeah he was production designer for Mulholland Drive The New World There Will Be Blood Tree of Life The Master <laughs> Knight of Cups The Revenant I mean like he was production designer for Prestige too this is an incomplete list I feel like because the Prestige is not on here yeah I, yeah it's weird because I, I feel like production designers are like sometimes like they're production designers but they're credited as something different you know he was like, credited as art director for badlands and for days of heaven okay but like i mean he was, but see but that what's weird about that is they might not have a production designer credit in that movie like you know what i mean like the yeah. art director might have done the production design it's because like some of those movies are weird like that where they don't have an art director and a production designer it's just all art direction or all production design it's that's true, but he he did um he definitely did like the prestige though. So that's like I'm why I'm like, why is he not on here? Unless I'm thinking of someone completely different, but I don't think so. Cause like that was the big thing is we were talking about the way that he does he conceptualizes sets as he builds sets so that they're like they can be filmed from everywhere that yeah. there's no restriction. 
And that was one of the big things with the um, encampment or the, the outpost. Yeah. Was that it was built entirely so that everything could inhabit yeah. every single part of it. There was so no, cool. There was no, like, hidden nooks for equipment or anything, you know. And you can it tell like, it wasn't CGI, which I loved. Because, like, you can tell when those fucking fortresses are made out of C- you know, are CGI. Totally. You know, and it's just cool that it was all there. You know, and same with those ruins that he was in with the old, like, Spanish conquistador like that was such, or whatever. Uh, such a cool set like, piece cool. that was such a cool set piece that was definitely one of those ones it's like like where did this even come from <laughs> yeah because i remember i was watching the featurette things i don't remember if they i don't think they said they built it yeah like, could like, be that's wrong. what i was wondering too is like if they had built it or if they found ruins there and they added to them or what what happened you know um wait production designer for prestige was not jack fisk I swear to God, we talked about him in that. He says, Batman Begins, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, is Nathan uh, Crowley. Um, Am I tripping? I know we did talk about him. Um, we did, literally. Like, I, this is like a big thing. We're like, holy shit, yeah, there's a, like... I'm so fucking confused now. <laughs> Just apparently spewing out, like, false information. We definitely brought him up before. What the hell did we bring him up on? Because there's like a lot of these films we haven't covered like directly. We've talked about him. Yeah. Huh. That's really weird. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, his his uh, production design is... And then they built like the boat. Yeah. You know, they had to build that boat, from yeah. nothing. Because um, that's obviously a big like yeah. prop piece. Uh, but it's just crazy like all the heads of the departments just to come together like they did like they, even the costume design lady was she was insane dude yeah. her knowledge her concepts her her visualization of the costumes is just out of control and that's like costumes i was like what the actors have to live in so that's a huge yeah. part of it i mean and to get and to be like respectful to you know the native american traditions and cultures because mm-hmm. i mean you're dealing with different tribes that have different cultures to get that they get that all right mm-hmm. you know i can't imagine all the research um that it took just to get ton of right, research, you know, ton of research. And, the, and the fact that you can even tell between the French trappers, you know, and the the American, I guess, mm-hmm. trappers, um, you can tell just with their culture, you know, or their, the way they, they're dressed that they're different, mm-hmm. you know? She was even saying too, like the difference in the natives too. So like the, it's like remember. the Pawnee, I think. And the, there's the Pawnee and I don't remember what the, the Sioux? Sioux or something. Think, yeah. The Sioux had wore clothes that were more based in cotton and linen because they lived closer and interacted more mm. with the, the American and French yeah. and British posts. Whereas, as you started to get further out onto the yeah. plains and stuff, the, the the Pawnee all had like leathers and stuff. Mm. So there was like literal differences, yeah. minute differences, but differences in the in the native clothing depending on like who they were interacting yeah. with at any given time so like her knowledge is i mean it's she's definitely one of those people who like flies under the acknowledgement radar of like who's actually you know <laughs> bringing this film to life right. uh, but the costumes definitely can't be like understated and then obviously yeah. the bear skin yeah costume yeah God, i can't imagine <laughs> which, how heavy that would be those must have been so heavy <laughs> and this is gonna make me sound really dumb but uh i seen this movie like four times four or five times now 
I didn't realize that that was the bear skin from the bear that he oh, killed yeah, until yeah. this last. Oh movie. no way! Yeah, that's not. I mean, that's not. <laughs> that's not really dumb, you know. Like, but it's like a huge integral part to like the yeah. his costume and the yeah. metaphor of the film was right. that he's fucking wearing the skin of yeah. the thing that tried to kill him that he beat now yeah. becomes a tool for survival. You know, like that's a pretty big thing, and I just completely just missed that. No, it's kind of cool too that he shed that to go inside the uh, horse. To go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point. Which when I saw that in theaters the first time, it was fucking ridiculous, dude. Okay, that scene is an hour and forty minutes into the movie because I I checked when the last time I watched it. Hour and forty minutes in the movie, out of a, out of like a two, two hour, hour movie. yeah, yeah. Okay, this chick walked out of the theater at that point and didn't return because i made a mental note i'm like okay you watched an hour and 40 minutes of this and that is what made you leave like what the fuck right like you have like the whole bear scene didn't do it for you (laughs) yeah it's like jesus hold out for the next like 40 minutes or whatever like oh my god i mean come on it's like obviously he's a big fucking horse he didn't actually kill a horse and gut it so that he could crawl like no they built they built two horses actually for it apparently yeah it's like it's it's just like i don't understand like people they get all like upset about it It it's like yeah if it's gross like look away or like whatever like but to like leave a film for that i mean that's a statement that's like i don't approve of what they did it's like think of the (laughs) fucking times that this is film is set in i mean come on i know right and it's like it's just a fucking movie yeah it's like survival just, yeah i mean it's like the climb. animal was already fucking dead too like it yeah, fell off a cliff exactly like, <laughs> yeah the, the cutting open is not bothers you not the fact that it fell off a cliff and had to die <laughs> yeah. or like the fact that in that first sequence where uh they're being attacked by the natives the dude just straight up shoots the horse yeah, in the face yeah yeah or the fact that you spend like 15 minutes in the scene where he's being mauled by a bear yeah in and, one single shot and you've like, already passed the rape part too yeah like it's exactly. like it's like okay like you've gone through all that and this the rape is what, like, won't the, the human on human rape won't send you <laughs> yeah. over the edge but the fucking but the gutting of living the, in the, the horse will, yeah okay. it's 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 weird stuff like that but i found it slightly humorous too because i'm just like people <laughs> you know <laughs> it's so weird what people will like walk out on yeah. like and then yeah she missed and then probably what's that Oh, well, because leading up to that, yeah, beforehand is the buffalo scene, too, where mm-hmm. the wolves, like, attack the buffalo. Yeah. And then they're eating the buffalo, which apparently, that yeah. was a real buffalo liver, I yeah. think, or something. Because he, when he throws up that <clears throat> real, he, like, he really threw up. He could not, like, keep it in his mouth. Because he was, like, a vegetarian <laughs> or something, too, on top of that. But they were like, yeah, we didn't know if he was actually going to eat it. Yeah. And then he did. And then he pukes, and then he just continues yeah. on, like fucking champion and i guess the, the other guy the guy that the the native that he had that they shared the scene with he liked it like he like he, <laughs> he like he had had it before so he like, was just yeah. mowing down yeah it's kind of funny my god dude um and which you know that's really cool too because they built like a fake buffalo yeah, for that too. yeah. Um, yeah and like it was cool i i didn't know this till this last time too that the wolves um they used real wolves um so they had like and then they just they, they digitally erased like this fence out so they keep them in a certain area so they wouldn't like you know run off um and they filmed these with these wolves or whatever it's pretty Ooh. cool but i i'm guessing they probably put some cgi on there too 
for some of what oh totally of what they oh, did. Yeah. But it's cool that they actually that filmed real wolves, and you see like there's a shot of like DiCaprio, and he's got like a the the torch or whatever, and the wolf is like like lunging at him. It's really cool. Oh, that's a sweet shot. That's so cool. <laughs> and then you see the camera guy, you know, <laughs> fuck yeah, <laughs> those reactions, man. Yeah. those reactions. <laughs> That's insane. Keeping you like keep that camera just keeping you like in. Yeah, God. Um, and then oh, that's a big one too. Yeah, so kind of keeping along with all the practical stuff that they had to do too. So obviously like the horses that they you know they they built those they built the sets, the boat, all the guns fired. I mean yeah. they weren't shooting yeah. real shells, but they all fired. Um, the tree that was on fire that fell over. Yeah. Oh, in the i'm guessing that's what i'm leading up to yeah yeah. oh my god yeah and then so that scene actually right before he falls off the horse though apparently they had to they had to trans they brought in trees for that oh wow and they put up fucking trees some of which were even up to like 50 foot tall they brought in like 50 of those trees and they had to fake a lot of the snow they had a snow machine out there to kind of build a lot of the snow god damn so they literally had to like bring trees in and set shit up yeah to make it look like they needed to um yeah because you're probably filming on preserve preserved lands and stuff that they couldn't really mess with at least though, some be. of the stuff in um canada i'm guessing they probably couldn't could be like, chop yeah. shit down i mean they definitely didn't want to be super destructive right and especially yeah. if they had to like the trick too is that you have to reset scenes a lot i mean you're not doing yeah. any of this in yeah. the first take usually so <laughs> you know you have a whole crew out there who go out there and sweep the snow down and replace the snow and fake the snow and the, the trees and it's just pretty crazy all of that but yes leading up to one of the most ridiculous kind of understated shots of the whole movie is the avalanche <laughs> shot, which if I understand correctly. I, th- if I think if I remember correctly, they, th- they had two attempts at it. They might've even had only one yeah. attempt at it. It might've I been one of the remember. only like single take tries. Yeah. Um, which is like what two? Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, to do that or or one is like what they did that one take. That's the thing though. Even just one yeah. is fucking insane because that was a real avalanche that they triggered. Like they set dynamite up, yeah. and it had to. They had to hit that perfect because the camera does. It comes down on uh, when he sees the the captain who's dead. And then you start to hear the rumble, and then it comes back yeah. up, and then he looks at the avalanche, and the camera pans around right as the avalanche is coming. Like it's, but there's the delay when when they set it off, right? And it, so like it's crazy that they timed it that well. Like, exactly, it's just insane. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. And, and like the, the camera, I mean, feel to feel the pressure. Like oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. To, like acting, man. Like fuck, <laughs> that's just like. So much. I don't dude. even do, dude. It's just that's nuts. Well, and then in this movie too, like they were just like they were in the water that was cold. They were in the streams. They yeah. were walking through swampy, crappy stuff. They were being rained yeah. on. You know, they were dirty. They, there was nothing. They weren't allowed like. <laughs> You know, they weren't allowed certain things during, you know, maybe, like, even, like, off-screen, they tried to uh, limit, like, how much they were had gloves yeah. or warmer clothes because they were trying to keep the actors in the same condition to try and get that rugged look. So, like, they were literally just freezing. <laughs> There's a shot in the special features there's like a slideshow there's like a shot of like everybody is in their period clothing and it's like tom hardy he's like drinking like a monster drink or something and it's so funny because the can just stands out like crazy because everything about the photo 
is completely period realistic. That's and hilarious. It, just, it, throw, it, like, it throws you out, you know? You're <laughs> just like, oh, fuck, that's funny. There's also, like, behind-the-scenes footage where, like, you'll see, like, Inuritu with, like, a super big down yeah. jacket and coffee yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. DiCaprio's on the ground and they're talking about the scene. Yeah. Like, like, it's just crazy. Like, all the crew is, like, super dressed up, yeah. you know, and then everyone else has to wear their period clothing, right, to, to stay in. Uh, that reminds me, though, the fact that you brought up Tom Hardy. Dude. You notice that he doesn't talk about the movie at all? Dude, he was fucking robbed of the Oscar nom, dude. Or, I mean, of the Oscar win. Yeah. Like, Mark Rylance, he did a great job in Bridge of Spies. But Tom Hardy, dude, was so good in this fucking movie. He like, was really like, good. Like, seriously, he, he was the perfect combination of, of like, of what made the, 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 the film drive forward. Like, what, you know, you wanted to see... DiCaprio and him fight at the totally. end. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. His, oh, God damn. Everything was leading up to that exact yeah. moment for sure. And he's British and he had his this this kind of Missourian or whatever accent and he got that like spot on. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just like. Even with like the kind of like sounds like he's just got like gum in his mouth type of yeah, talk too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's he just... was, I ought to be God to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it's interesting. I think what there's. Because so he had to give up Suicide Squad to do this movie too, mm. um, because the production started to go way longer than they thought, yeah. and it went like forty million over budget. It's just fucking insane. <laughs> but he, I've never seen him talk about this movie. I've never specifically yeah. searched for it. But in any of the interviews and behind the scenes yeah. stuff, he never talks about this movie. Yeah, there's there's there. I have seen a few. But, so did he just like was it just like he was just like fucking I hate it like I'm I'm like the experience was so bad or he had such a disconnect from like the director maybe that like I don't know I think I from what I remember I thought I think he I think he enjoyed the the whole process I think I I I think he's one of those guys though that he just doesn't talk much That could be it Like I when when forced out of his shell or whatever I think he he does you know for yeah. something like i think for venom i think they i mean it's, it's a do you want the leading super, role well you gotta sell it yeah so he was you saw like you saw him like you know around more but in these other movies i mean i think there was one that he did with dicaprio where he went on good morning america or whatever one of those type of shows right mm-hmm. um but he went with dicaprio he didn't go by himself but a lot of the times you know they just have they have like one day DiCaprio, and then like two days later they would have you know Tom Hardy, and then two days later they'd have you know the director, you know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, it is interesting. He's a super private person too, and there's like a lot of people that say like, oh, he's he's closeted, you know, he's gay, you know, because, <laughs> because it's like he doesn't, he's never he, when he goes to red carpets and stuff. I don't think he brings dates, you know, and stuff. So. There's all this like speculation about him, but I think he's just. I think he's just. Who gives a, a shit? Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like it doesn't fucking matter. He's a fucking talented fucking actor. Like yeah. he, he's he's a private guy. Like leave him alone, you know? Like <laughs> exactly. Um, That's really interesting though. I, I, I it just kind of gives an interesting perception though of like because it was such a hard yeah. production and he definitely had to go through a lot. Yeah. Um, I love his like scalp oh, fucking that makeup and costuming dude. was insane dude his make his costuming was really good um but yeah it's just kind of interesting it's an interesting little perspective yeah. though of like well why doesn't he talk about it and yeah. it could just be that he doesn't do interviews i mean yeah. he talks a little bit about dunkirk even though he's not like well he is kind right. of a 
semi me i guess he's a supporting yeah. character i guess um but yeah venom is a little different too right where he's kind of headlining it so you have to that part of your contract is that you have to sell it yeah i want to say i read something where he said that the revenant was like one of or maybe the most like his favorite films that he's worked on or something like that interesting i could be wrong on that though um i could be getting confused with something somebody else or a different film yeah all i was thinking was like for all the people who did worked on the crew and stuff and the shitty situations you were in and the you know it was hard work no doubt i would have killed to be on that crew oh same killed i don't care how fucking like like cold or whatever like i can all that shit like yeah it sucks but you're dealing with you're on set with Tom Hardy, DiCaprio, fucking Alejandro Gonzalez, and you're out to the Academy Award winner, Lubetsky. Like, yeah, I don't care, dude. I'd be shoveling snow all fucking day. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right? Like honestly, I'd kill for that. I'd pay for that experience, dude. Honestly, I would pay to be there because you'd learn so much just looking and watching how anybody did their job. Totally. I mean, those guys are doing putting makeup on these guys or keeping the makeup fresh or whatever. In fucking with the weather, like they were. That would have been so just, cool. Dude. No matter what department you were, you'd watch, you'd be learning. Totally, and you then know? you'd be like, "Yeah, we made it through." I was on the Revenant, and we made it through. Yeah, like we fucking rocked it. See, and that's the that's the theme too. Is like, and I love it when directors and, and filmmakers and actors, you know, they 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 acknowledge like, "Yeah, it was a tough shoot, but you know what? We were making a movie, mm-hmm. and I'm lucky to be in the business." And I was lucky to do, be able to do it. You know, yes, it was grueling. Yes, it sucked. There were days that were tough, but I'm I'm a, I'm fucking lucky. Sometimes yeah. people forget that when they've been in the business for a while, um, they forget that when they were young and hungry, that like yeah, you're doing something that's pretty fucking outrageous to begin yes, with. Spielberg. Oh, dude, don't <laughs> even don't even start. Um, but you're doing something. I mean, making a movie is a pretty outrageous thing to do. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. The conceptually, it's outrageous, and the process of it is outrageous. Um, but it's a crazy process that is not everyone can find their way into. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of jobs in the industry, yeah. but not a lot of people can find their way into something that they like in the industry or or just find their home there. Yeah. So I think a lot of these guys forget that when they came from those beginnings that this is like this would have been had they been given the revenant day one of their time in the industry I mean that would have been an, yeah a revelation you yeah know, experience oh, right yeah. like and I get that like you get a little jaded you get a little bit harder as you go you know Fincher even talks about how making a movie is just sometimes some days it's just like it's work it's yeah, grind it's yeah. not yeah not having the fun that I want to. Uh, but you live for those days where you really do have the fun and the yeah. and the enjoyment, right? And like and it's cool too, because like Alejandro Gonzalez and Yaratu, you know, like you know that he's not going to give up on the project, and that he's in his fifties, I think, you know, and he's still there. He's showing up every day, you know. He's the leader, and I'm sure that he was probably a great leader. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like he's he, also got you know 135 million dollars worth of money yeah. resting on his shoulders yeah 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 no pressure <laughs> right right but it's like you know for people that you know i'm sure there are people that had issues or were upset but it's like yeah man i, I would have killed to have been there you know for sure like it would have been one of the coolest fucking shoots yeah the gnarliest shoots but 
Can you imagine the camaraderie between the people working on that, though? Yeah, like, never forget that. That's the thing they don't talk about, is, like, you yeah. all went up there, did this crazy... It's like the camaraderie of people who go to, like, Antarctica yeah, yeah. and do seasons there. Like, yeah. you start to connect with people, and, like, you just, you know, you meet these people, and maybe you don't ever talk to them again, but yeah. you have this kind of, like bonding experience while you're there yeah yeah and then you and then maybe you just come out of it with some like you know lifelong friends or whatever like there's a lot to be said about that and i think it's just a lot of people forget about that like you could be grinding away at a desk all day but instead you are shooting a movie in the middle of the wilderness doing something working with equipment and doing things that you you know at the end of the day really love to do it was a long shoot too like it was it was for sure so that to, to get to to be able to to work with the same people day in day out for that long in different countries you know like and i guess they they used a lot of the same crew shipped every you know took them to to argentina and then they hired argentina and argentinian crew too but Mm -hmm. still there's there's uh, laws around that like canada you know canadians you have to if you're gonna work in canada you have to hire a certain amount of canadians so what byron's referring to here is that um a lot of the film was shot kind of in the calgary alberta area in canada um, and a couple of surrounding places. Some Basically BC within, up here too. Some pretty close yeah. into BC. So there's generally within like a 100, 200 mile radius. One scene was shot in Montana. Um, but because the the uh, production was taking so long that it started, you started to lose winter, they actually had to go to the <laughs> southern hemisphere. And Argentina happened to be a place where it sort of matched the wilderness, yeah. matched the Can- Canadian wilderness. Um, so they had to shoot during the winter down there to kind of finish things up. <clears throat> which mostly became an issue because the film was shot chron- chronologically wow. which is really fucking insane like yeah. that's very rare to do um for any director let alone one that's gonna be this intense which requires so much timing with light yeah. time of day location and things like that um to to get away with doing yeah. that is pretty fucking God. insane dude like even drive was shot like 70 percent chronological yeah. yeah and i think revenant was like almost entirely Wow. Which is, is just That's asinine. Crazy. It's just asinine. Yeah. But you kind of get why. It makes sense why. Um, with a lot of other films, you can kind of get away with bouncing around in different scenes. I mean, in The Dark Knight, the very first scene they shot was the interrogation scene between mm. Batman and Joker. Wow. Yeah. That was yeah. the very first scene That's they awesome. shot. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that's like way, you yeah. know, towards like the kind of the climax. Yeah. Well, not the, well, it's one of the climaxes. definitely like a rising action. Yeah. 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 One of the little mini climaxes. So, you know, that just, it's just, it's fucking insane and that really fucked with the production you know with with yeah. uh like you can't move on if you don't get that right like god get that scene because you're not <laughs> going to come back to it um, god damn that's like so much pressure holy shit but that's why i made it onto my list because yeah. i remember saying that like the one of the reasons why this film is so interesting and important to me is that it's like i mean it is this is what happens when you go so far mm to get something done well and it's also in a weird way the closest thing i think we've come to to apocalypse now in terms of a filmmaker going out i mean the velocity of z is up there too because they they literally spent like for fucking ever in the amazon rainforest Mm -hmm. uh, and filmed there and then they filmed you know shit in england but like months and months shooting shit in the jungle you know, it's fucking crazy, oh, and then here, dude. you know, it'd be you know in Argentina and you know the forests of BC and Calgary and stuff. So, in Montana, so like it's the closest that we we have of that you know filmmaker bringing a crew into nature and just fucking 
immersing themselves into the process and mm-hmm. the film and you know and totally it's got there's so much to be said about that i love those type of films because there's actually, something different about it that's know? a really good point because the thing about apocalypse now was that they basically relived like in a smaller sense the war and also the movie yeah. lived itself yeah. Because of the production history and the insanity and the <laughs> problems they were having, I mean, it was be, the the production itself became this weird metaphor for the movie yeah, they were making. It like mirrored Vietnam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's like the Revenant is that same thing, and it's a really good point. You know, you put yourself out there, you make everyone go through this craziness. Yeah. Even though it's you know a one man one man story of redemption, but it's like everyone has to suffer yeah. as part of all of it and that really adds a certain level to it and you really feel it i mean you really do like you you, you if you would have like you said like uh in your said like if you were to shoot this in front of a green screen where people are laughing and it's comfortable yeah. the film would just be crap oh, fuck actually yeah. i think he said a piece of shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be a piece of yeah. shit it just would not work on any level and he's right like and that would have saved them a ton of money a ton of time a lot of arguments a lot of yeah. you know uh burnt bridges but you just don't get i mean we're you just wouldn't be talking about this anyway yeah Yeah. that's what happens and you feel that there's a lot of i mean what's gonna age better the revenant or pick a pick your marvel movie you know like yeah the revenant 20 years yeah for sure because the revenant just they put it in front of the camera it's all it's it's there it's what's funny about the revenant too is i feel like it's gonna be one of those movies or maybe i think it already is like Children of Men, where they're so they're everything about the movie is so fucking good and it's basically a perfect film, but everybody's on the fucking <laughs> bandwagon. Like I like film too. I saw Children of Men or I saw The Revenant. Uh, you know what film I mean? Bro. Film bros. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have friends that like that they go see. The, the the big action movies and shit right they do see other stuff like zero dark 30 the revenant stuff like that where they're directed by filmmakers that aren't just doing blockbusters mm-hmm. and then they're like oh yeah i saw the revenant it's great it's just like decaber totally won the oscar blah blah, blah. And, it, and it's like but they don't it's like they have appreciation but they don't have an appreciation like i don't know how to explain they're having that. an appreciation for it so that they can be a part of a certain discussion exactly or a certain group yeah even though they probably did enjoy it, but maybe not as much as like other stuff that they like. I don't know. It, like they watched it, but they're not going to watch it again. Right. But they've probably exactly. seen whatever other movie, yeah. like the Avengers, like three like or four times. They can recognize yeah. the greatness of it, but they don't really appreciate it. Like they can recognize it, but I don't know. And it, But yeah. But I feel like The Revenant, it's so good that... It's kind of it's just like Children of Men. It's it kind of sucks that that it will also be like it will become a film school movie. Fuck it, I hope so. (laughs) I want people to watch it. What do you mean? I want people to watch it too. (laughs) But but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But there's it's sad that like it becomes like it's like Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, or Nosferatu, or if you want to be a filmmaker, you got to watch The Revenant. It's like, well, no, but. Yeah, you should go see The Revenant. Yeah. Like, I, I, I get know. what you're saying. There's definitely those <laughs> movies, like, that, you know, fucking pick a Scorsese movie, like, yeah. you know, Goodfellas or whatever. Like, there's always those ones yeah. that's like, because it should, oh, it, should stay, it should stay, it should stay, 
the revenant should be the revenant it should just be its film its own film it should mm-hmm. just it should be known for what it is not a disrepresent cinema if, if that makes sense you know what i mean i don't know how to explain that but i wonder if there's like a list of like film school movies oh, oh i'm sure it's like, oh, top it's like 10 movies. citizen kane yes. fucking, oh uh, vertigo vertigo um seven samurai or or uh uh Okay, this is a, this is a good list, and it's so funny because one of my favorite films is on here too. So, City Lights, according to this mm. list, this is Watch Mojo's City list. Lights, City course. Lights, that's a uh, Chaplin. Yeah, The Graduate. Oh God damn it, yeah. The Graduate! I watched that one when I was going to school. It's good though. Yeah, Mulholland Drive. Well, yeah, that one I don't think is actually as film schooly though. It's it's that's a unique film. If you actually watch that one while going through film classes like that's pretty unique maybe we did or at least i did i didn't i mean i I'd okay seen, maybe I had, it's not i had unique. seen it before oh, i saw I it didn't. in film school but or uh in uh, western but it was definitely in in the narrative oh, class okay. that i took All right, fair it enough. Was, yeah um the godfather <laughs> yes psycho yes yeah not psycho out of all of hitchcock i wouldn't call i wouldn't put psycho vertigo I, and I, north by northwest i think are generally see, i would more... say vertigo Psycho or um, uh, oh fuck, what's the other one? Um, uh, I no, saw I'm the, thinking Vertigo. I'm thinking Vertigo. Yeah. Okay, I saw the Lady Vanishes in one of my classes. That one was. Oh good. yeah, that's good. Um, Raging Bull, so yep. Scorsese, Bicycle Thieves, yes yep. for sure. Yeah, and then they don't list the light. They don't list three and two. So number three is Seven Samurai. See, that's yeah. an actually a super good movie though. Like, yeah, it's really a fucking good movie. Um, oh, number two, it's a French film. I'll give you one guess. Is it? Is it Breathless? Yes, of yeah. course, dude. There's <laughs> always a Godard because we have to talk about French New Wave. Except the one I watched was um, VSV. Yes, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the one which yeah. was so hard to watch at the time because I didn't, I wasn't in film, right. I was in the mode yeah. to watch it, mode or mood to Ooh, watch Kyle it. Kyle Wavra, that was like his film, VSV. Like that. No, was no, his... was it VSV? No, that was the one. Was that the one with the chick? Yeah, and she's like a prostitute or whatever. It wasn't VSV. No, oh, it was. It, uh... um, it's the one where it has the really long market dolly shot. Oh, uh... it's like V something. Uh... It has a really cool shot in it, though. The fucking market shot is absolutely amazing. Um, and I definitely remember that. And there was also a really cool shot where it showed the office spaces and the office spaces were essentially these like little cubes. So the whole set was like these cubes and it was two oh. stories and then it would track across oh, and then track I back. Know this. Um, I know. I can't, I, all these titles are, that I'm looking at right now are being shown in uh, English to Vabian. That's the one. Oh, okay. To Vabian. That's yeah. exactly the yeah. one it was. Um, and it's very hard. I want to. Re- I should rewatch actually, because it was tough to watch at the time. But I, I think seen there's a lot movie of movie in its of... entirety. Like I've seen like the like you know the scenes that people talk about, but I haven't seen that. It's fucking. Cool. It was interesting. I it need to. I need to actually watch more good good art. This one number one. I don't know. Oh no, this honorable mention. Okay, so honorable mention: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Sergio Leone, Metropolis. Yep. That's a yeah. That's definitely one. Um, Casablanca, yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely one. 
I can see like treasures. Yeah, the treasures of Sierra Madre. Oh yeah. Number one, what do you think it is? Citizen Kane. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I understand, but it's like those—it's like those type of movies. It's like you almost associate those movies with filmmaking. Yeah, but it they, definitely like, is. Like where it's like they should be—they should stand alone for what they are, which is great filmmaking. But like, I don't know how to explain that. They're yeah, they're movies to teach you about aspects of like they're like. Citizen Kane was one yeah. of the first films to use this deep focus technique yeah. and, um, uh, you know, kind of like this unreliable narrator. It wasn't really the first, yeah. but it was one of the prominent ones. Breathless was the first one to do the jump yeah. cut. Um, the Vertigo, like, it was more about the, the uh, plot and then, you know, like how you play that out. The like, film becomes a lesson. And yeah. it's unfortunate that a film becomes a lesson in the sense of like, that's what it becomes known as. It becomes a lesson. It's not. It's not known for just being a great fucking movie i mean to exactly. some people it, it will always it will i don't know how to explain that but it's just yeah i mean that's pretty well explained so here's a list <laughs> from screen rant so this is 12 best movies they make you watch in film school well, let me guess 12 angry men's in there oh, that's such a good movie though it uh, is. i hope it's it number is. 12 so number 13 is modern times chaplain okay there's always a little bit of chat there's always like yeah, a chaplain or chaplain. um sorry scorsese there's always a, or, or I was gonna say, there's always a chaplain or a, um, um, the other two dudes, uh, the other two silent film, uh, Harold oh, Lloyd uh, or, uh, Buster, Buster Keaton. Keaton. There's yeah. always one of yeah. those. Persona, that's interesting. Yeah, you gotta have it. You gotta, you gotta have, have a Bergman in, in yeah, there, you right? You gotta have a Bergman in there. A trip to the moon. They always show that one yeah. because it was pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> Nosferatu for sure. Um, you know, F.W. Murnau is in there like yeah. oh, immediately for like everything. <laughs> Uh, and then Griffith, you know, you'll probably there's a good chance you'll touch on Griffith stuff. Birth of a Nation, and yeah, yeah, you'll do you'll probably yeah, Birth of a Nation in terms of contextual, um, which and then not Griffith, but you'll do what we talked about, which oh, was Eisenstein. strike, and, yeah, yeah, Eisenstein. Yeah. You know, you'll talk about the Russians. So this is North by Northwest is number nine. Uh, yeah. Birth of a Nation number eight. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I watched Black Klansman, and obviously they bring up that. <laughs> yeah. so uh why did it not give me a number oh this is like glitching out now so it's like birth of a nation is seven now too bicycle thief yeah, you gotta six. have the italian anyway yep or uh, neoclassical i mean clay, neo neorealism yeah, realism god damn taxi driver that's an interesting one that's a pretty calm yeah, yeah is, that yeah. is one yeah it's it's either taxi driver or raging bull raging bull yeah. yeah for sure obviously like we said breathless this is interesting Number three. Interesting. Chunking Express. Oh, okay. I can see it. I can see it. I guess. Yeah. That movie didn't resonate with me as much as I was hoping. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but like, I don't know, man. Dude, it's all about hit. Fallen Angels and In the Mood for Love. In the Mood for Love is was so good. <laughs> so number two is not is actually, uh, I think, technically a short film. Oh, is it uh, Chris Marker's La Jete? Mm. But is it is it, a it is a French title. Is it? Uh, it's got the famous eyeball cutting shot. Oh, um, Andalou, whatever. Yeah, Lashi and Andalou, whatever. And then obviously Citizen Kane at number one. The other one that you might touch on, which actually I really liked when I first saw it, uh, and it kind of looking back was sort of a precursor to my interest in film was Meshes of the Afternoon. Oh yeah, Meshes of the Afternoon is good. Great, Black man, and uh, white, surreal Ma- film. What's her name? Maya. Maya uh, Darren. Yeah, God. 
That one was great. Yeah. Great film. It's a short <laughs> film, and you can watch it on YouTube, and I highly yeah. suggest you do because it is fantastic surrealist art. Um, I love, yeah, Louis Benoit and um, my, my Darren Art. Oh, God, yeah. I can't believe that song I'm surprised Kenneth Anger wasn't on there. Like Scorpio Rising or Lucifer Rising? No or... way, dude. He's way too fringe for dude, film but school. At the same time, I don't know. I, I don't know because I, I remember. I mean, I watched. I, we had to watch a uh, uh, Scorpio Rising in uh, Kaveh's class. Kaveh was like a exception to dude. Kaveh was the he shit. He showed man. some shit. He showed some crazy stuff. Like, yeah, he showed just a lot of. I mean, that's one of the first times I watched like Frankenstein. I and mean, Frankenstein, you'd think would be one that you touch on a lot, but I don't think it gets touched on as much. As you know, you'd think. Yeah. Anyway. There's so many classic films and, and films that are such good examples of what cinema is and has been and continues to be. You know what I mean? Like Totally. There's so there's It's so kind many. of funny, though, how like a lot of film schools, when it comes to filmmaking and giving you examples of stuff, it kind of gets all the way up into like, I mean, Raging Bull is like, what, 80, 81? Yeah. And then it stops. Like yeah, all of, of their examples are pre eighties, yeah. yeah. and it's just kind of annoying because there's a lot of good stuff, modern yeah. stuff that I think. I mean, the mo- most modern one for that would probably be Chunking, right? That was a weird that one. Was that was ninety four. Yeah. So yeah, that's there's definitely a lot to be said about certain yeah. eight and a half is definitely one of those movies too. That yeah, gets talked about. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised um, that they didn't have as many. Yeah, because normally Fellini's in there. Yeah. They, have Ing- they have Bergman. I'm surprised he didn't, you know, Tarkovsky. I mean, come on. Tarkovsky's the one where you would all almost <laughs> automatically assume. Like, but... If I was to teach a class, we should do that. You know what? We need to do that for an episode one of these days. If you were to teach a class. If we were to teach a class, what, like, 10 films would you pick to show, represent film? Not necessarily your favorite, but what films would you pick to represent I want to do that. Cinema. I feel like we've, we might have talked about that really early on when we were conceptualizing ideas. We should, we for, should, we should do an episode of that. Episode. I'd be down. Yeah. I'd be down for that for sure. Uh, yeah, because that would be a little bit different. It wouldn't be your favorites. It shouldn't mm. be your favorites. Mm. I mean, you might have one or so, but like, yeah, should be ones that actually are like... Yeah, they could be ones you like, mm-hmm. but definitely ones that... That's have a certain reasoning as to why you would want yeah, to show it to a yeah. class. I, mean, I guess it would be tied into <laughs> what you would like because if you have an interest in narrative say then you'd probably pick more filmmakers that yeah would that you like their narrative style mm-hmm. it, but but you, you're the teacher so you can do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so i did have two questions for this but i guess i'll just stick to maybe the one unless you have a quick answer to the did you have a favorite shot in the revenant Ooh, uh oh fuck they're all so good I dude know, um that's why I didn't know if I wanted to ask it for sure because I do want to wrap it up. Oh, right about an hour I, I can't really. I mean, there's so many good ones. I can, I couldn't say. I'd have to almost like rewatch the whole movie again. Um, one of my favorites is the one where the kid is staring at the camera, yeah. and the, his, the house is burning behind yeah. him. That's definitely one of the best. Some of ones. those um, flashback sequences are phenomenal. the flashback like sequences are great. The comment or whatever. The, the there's like a, a scene of like. That's what's Hardy, isn't it? Is it? I think it's DiCaprio, right? And he's like looking at. I must have missed that. This it's one. And it's like his comments, like hitting. I feel like I saw that one, but yeah, I think I missed it this time around because I think I got yeah. up or something and just it's, didn't miss that. It's part. real quick. That's like, that is a great one. It's a yeah. lot. That one, and then there's actually a really simple one too, where the camera because the camera likes to look up at trees a lot in this movie. Yeah. 
and with the sparks coming up yeah. that one was really cool it yeah, was very simple but it was very very nice anyway yeah those are i just didn't know if there was like one that might have been like boom or the cloud shot i like the cloud shot a lot too where the camera just flying through the clouds there is one that i like one of the landscape shots that i always look at like i'm just like fuck how do they do that is this a shot of the river i think it might be before the buffalo scene i think mm -hmm. and it's like the river and you just it's like flat i don't know i don't know mm -hmm. how to describe That's it cool. but it's just like it's like silver too the screen is oh, yeah, literally yeah. fucking silver yeah like the way i don't i don't know how they caught that it's just the lighting is <laughs> just like fuck. lighting and color there's correction so, man there's so many good scenes for sure. Do you like the the end shot where he looks in the camera? It's grown on me. <laughs> because the first time I watched it, I was like, really? Like, come on. Like, it just reminded me of Birdman. Uh, you know, yeah. it, ha it has a very Birdman feel to it. And Gonzalez and Iran, I mean, Alejandro Gonzalez and Iran, I mean, yeah, he... Obviously, he's, he did both movies, so it's definitely a style of his. Um, it's grown on me. Uh, it's funny when it first got released, it was like people were like, oh, they put in this shot that was like, oh, just please give me the Oscars. Yeah. Please give me the Oscars. Yeah. For this. And, that's, and, was and like, that was another thing, too, is like it, it didn't really feel like that me, to that to me the first time I watched it, but I could see how people would definitely feel like, oh, Removed from that though, as a standalone shot, it is. It is more of it's. It's turned more into of a like a, was it all worth it kind of right. yeah. thing to me almost. Yeah. Like it's done now, but I'm still broken. You know yeah. that type of thing. Yeah, it, it works. Like it yeah. definitely works. Um, it's all right. It doesn't okay. really bother me. For I sure. think at the first time I watched it, I was kind of like, really, like, this movie was so epic, and you ended it with the kind of again almost cliche ending in a way yeah a you bit, know yeah. like <laughs> it's like how do you end that movie though too like yeah. it's pretty hard yeah i mean i i, I would have i probably would have ended it i mean depending on if you wanted a happier ending if you wanted like a happier ending like which i i wouldn't like to do myself but like you could end it with like the sun and him like another flashback yeah that's part, true that's or true. The, the 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 floating or they're all together again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You could end it more on like a Tarkovsky-ish kind of note, which would be kind of more surreal. Would have been cool because it doesn't have to be happy, just more surreal. Yeah, that's um, true. I don't know. That's or just or could it just been him like you know on a fucking horse, you know? Like, that's true. Yeah, just riding. You know, away. riding or something. You know, I like don't a know. western. <laughs> yeah, well, like yeah, but done in a cooler way. Yeah. I, um. That so that wasn't actually the other question I want to ask. The other question I wanted to ask was, do you? And I don't know if I have an answer to this either. Yeah. Um, is there a, a movie you would pair with this? Like, if Ooh. we were to do like a, Ooh, I know, I know, it's a hard question, and I didn't prepare. Like, I thought of these questions recently, so I didn't, uh, oh. I didn't have a chance to think about it really myself. Well, weirdly, Apocalypse Now, obviously, I think was a good, yeah, good I think companion. Piece. I think depending on what you wanted to like do, you could do kind of like, you could do like Apocalypse Now, Aguirre, Wrath of God almost mm -hmm. too because i mean the gear wrath of god and apocalypse now would be a great double feature yeah. um and they're roughly based on the same kind of short story um but like that that would work but you could also do if you wanted to focus more on like the cinematography and stylistic stuff you could do children of men you could do um any of terrence malick movies you know what i mean like that's true you, you could you do could, a lubezki kind of match to it yeah you could also do um like a uh, Park Chan Wook, 
like one of his revenge films. Like yeah. if you were to pair yeah. like revenge, yeah, you or could even do, Blue Ruin. Yeah, you could do a revenge th- twist to it. You could do a um, just kind of a western re- revisionist western. You could do Wild Bunch, or you could do because mm-hmm. um, like the Revenant is it is a revisionist western. It's not like any other western that's ever been made. Yeah, it's you know, I mean, different. the closest you could come to it would be. Um, you could do like a frontier double feature with Jeremiah Johnson, which is a fucking fantastic movie. Robert Redford. There's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of similar similarities. Uh, so yeah, you could do a Jeremiah Johnson and the Revenant. There, there are different. different it depends movies. on like the kind of topic, right? That's why yeah, we tend to yeah. have like sort of a topic or like a, a connection between the movies yeah. that we choose to pair. It. It would be interesting. I mean, in, obviously, you could pair it with any of his, uh, in your eyes, any of his other work, and see how he's evolved. Because he's could, the one who did um, Amorius Los Peros. Yeah, Amorius right? Peros. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's Babel, a gnarly movie. You know, um, and you can, and, you know, there's so many differences when you look at Amorius Peros and you look at The Revenant, and it's like you can tell it's the same filmmaker, but at the same time, Amorius Peros reminds me more of like Pusher. Yeah, it's very, like very raw. It's very raw, very raw. On the street. So grainy and just yeah. there. It's in your face. All handheld. Yeah. I, I'd like to revisit that film, too. I've never seen it in HD. So I'd that like, was good. I'd that's like a to gnarly movie. Lots of dog fighting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting question, but you know, I think those are all good um, answers. Wow. I'd probably go the revenge pairing route. Yeah. We've never, never oh, really liked. Revenge liked. is so good. I know. Revenge I mean, is good. You could even do like uh, Old Boy thing that you could said like you could because God. old boy works as a lot of a lot of the same plot beats too yeah so that could be an interesting pairing to go with it uh, but yeah i was just thinking about that just as we were talking like what would i should have that should be anytime we do touch on a singular movie yeah. we should always come up with a what would we do this actually yeah. with i mean we like i mentioned the lost city of z you could, you could pair it with that too and they came out Within a year, or they filmed it around the same time, actually. Um, but they came out about a year or two uh, apart. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, both two and a half, two hour, twenty minute, fil- you know, films that kind of deal with like a journey. Um, it's God, a tough question. Yeah. It's it's. There's a lot of movies yeah. I think that could fit that this bill, but yeah, just thinking about what which one. But I think yeah, I think <laughs> those are all super yeah. strong contenders. Um, all right, so that's it for this week. Um, go ahead and follow us on Letterboxd at Jacob Fultz, Byron Gouet, G-O-U-E-T-T-E, and Hyperion Creator for me. Um, check us out on Instagram, too. We're trying to get our back-to-back <laughs> Instagram up more. And I'm on Instagram at Hyperion Creation, where I try and at least post, like, each movie that I'm trying to watch. Yeah. Like, if I'm watching a movie that night, I'll generally, like, post about it. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's cool. Um, it's just cool. trying to, like, get that more consistent posting. <laughs> and it's pretty varied. Because um, like, I started... What was the first film? I don't remember the first film was. But then they, like, jumped to, like, you know, Still Walking and Tokyo Story because we covered yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. And then I wanted to watch the Oscar... The debated Oscar movies. So I did yeah. Black Klansman and Green Book. Um and then, yeah, the Revenant. <laughs> and then the Revenant popped up on there because the Revenant also has cool art for its posters yeah. too. So I'm just trying to post more on that and you can see the other crap I'm doing in life if you care. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's always cool to, to see people's like pics. But also, like you said, the art too of the posters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other totally. art form. 
Um, so next week, Jacob should be back. Um, and we will finally be getting around to Lanthimos <laughs> with Dogtooth and Alps. And then um, The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I haven't rewatched yet. But I am, yeah, cannot right. wait. Yeah. And then after that, I'm going to convince these guys to do a floor-by-floor action with Dread cool. and the Raid. I think that's cool. a fucking... I just I, I want to watch some action. I yeah. just want to watch some... Got to rewatch the Raid again. Gritty. It's I been know. a little while. The Raid is good, yeah. dude. I see it. I can see it right there yeah. on your collection. And I, the, the second Raid one, and the Raid 2. I, 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 I haven't seen the second one. I, I started it. and It's a little different. Yeah, I, I, and I liked it, but I, I don't know why I didn't finish it. I think... I started at my parents' house, and then I had to leave, and then mm. I just never put it back in. I think those would be a good pairing, though. Dread is a fucking good movie, yeah, dude. I, see. I rewatched the scene where they were, because there's like this scene where he uh, he's already made his way up, kind of up the couple of floors, and he gets on this intercom and just calls out. Uh, it's um, it's uh, the chick in from Game of Thrones who's oh, the, uh, who Lena, plays Cer- Lena, yeah, Hedy, Lena Hedy. She uh, or Hedy, Hedy, whatever. Yeah. Um, he calls her out and is like, Mama, you are just a criminal. And you think, or what does he say? You think you're the law here. No, I'm the law. <laughs> and it's just like, it's fucking, dude, Carl Urban as Dread was like the pairing that was meant to be. That's awesome. He emotes, you, don't, you never see his face besides his mouth. And like, he does so much with just his mouth. And he's just so fucking... It's just gnarly, dude. I want to have to definitely, yeah. It's I amazing. Can't wait to watch it's it because you guys. And it's interesting that Jacob also liked that movie. You know, there's a lot to like. Like a lot to like because it doesn't seem like a movie that Jacob would necessarily like. I think so. because it's just so. It's like so. It's so simple. Yeah. And I'm not saying Jacob likes simple stuff, <laughs> but I'm just saying like the the film. No, and Jacob plot, is. <laughs> <laughs> the plotting is very simple. It's very straightforward. He gets. He goes in the building. Gets caught. Him and a rookie get caught in there, and they gotta make their way to the top yeah. and live and kill and cut a, the head off. Yeah, the snake. floor by floor, that's perfect yeah. for the raid. Which is yeah. basically the raid. Um, yeah. And then, um, and then there's these crazy ass tripping scenes because of the drug and stuff, Sweet. which you're gonna like. Sweet. You're gonna fall head over heels for because it's, <laughs> it's, the scenes are great. Um, so definitely gonna make that movie happen. Those pairings happen um, somewhere in the next couple weeks here. All right, so um, no pitch this week, um, just because we get things back on track here. And like I said, Jacob should be back um, for the next episode. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, thanks for thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks, guys. Matt. <laughs> I know. Leave I was this like, space. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, no, Jacob. <laughs> it's weird how used to that we've all become know, now. Like, like when, we, when we had Ian on, it was like, I'm Keith, and he was like, Oh, wait, I'm Jacob. Because <laughs> you always fit it in there second. Yeah. Just, you know. Anyway, bye. <laughs>